it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome to Information Operation. I'm honored today to have three, I guess, retired flag officers, uh, warriors from the different branches of our armed forces. General Lieutenant General Rod Bishop from the U.S. Air Force, Rear Admiral Hank Bond from the U.S. Navy, and Brigadier General Chris Petty from the U.S. Army. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. So, uh, General Bishop, you and I were talking before this. We a year ago, wanted to stand up an organization and fight the uh, Marxist influence in the military, and uh, especially in the service academies, where we're all graduates. And um, you know, we've come a long way in the last year. Why don't you start us off in where we've been, where we're going, et cetera? Okay, Todd, thanks for that question. And but first of all, uh, thanks to you, and thanks to CD Media, because we wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for your push, uh, for your idea of uh, starting an organization made up of uh, academy graduates to push back on that. So, so well, thank, thank you. you for that. You know, we, we started with uh, just five initially standing up against a video uh, that the Air Force football coaches put together. The Colorado Springs Gazette summarized that uh, Air Force football takes firm social stance with video in support of Black Lives Matter. And uh, we were successful in getting that video down after nine months, but then as it seemed like we turned every corner, we found more and more uh, examples of indoctrination, not just at the Air Force Academy, but across all the academies. And then of course we met with Matt Lohmeyer and saw that it was happening in the services as well. So we stood up STARS in April, <clears throat> Uh, STARS is now over 3,000, well over 3,000 supporters. We're lucky, I'm blessed to, to be leading 25 just dedicated Americans who want to put a stop uh, to this uh, invasion of this ideology and hopefully return the military's focus uh, to fundamentals of uh, what they should be all about, you know, deterring and then winning our nation's war, not the social justice wars. Uh, Admiral Bond, how is it working in the U.S. Navy? I mean, I'm familiar with Air Force uh, and, and Army to some extent, but I haven't dealt with the Navy very much since I landed on some LPDs back in the Persian Gulf in the first Gulf uh, round a long time ago. So uh, where does U.S. Navy stand? Well, I just have to say LPDs, that's good living. Open Bay, <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, the you, you had a good... Um, I, I would say that the Navy is not unlike the other services, uh, the Air Force, uh, Army, Marines, and the Navy and Marine Corps share the same service secretary, but the same pressures from our culture and from uh, sort of the administration top down are, are, are finding its way. So uh, you know, each leader, each senior leader needs to deal 
with the implementation of those programs and those ideas. But the culture is different in each of the services so that it's done a little differently. But I'd say the same pressures are there. And uh, General Petty, uh, the Army has been in the news a lot uh, with Secretary Austin um, and what flows down from that. Uh, where do we stand in the U.S. Army as far as CRT influence and uh, really just the wrong type of instruction and training and priorities? Yeah, unfortunately, it's a it's a similar story in the Army. No surprise. Um, but, uh, you know, at the top level, you have the the uh, purposeful embedding of diversity and inclusion now throughout the, the entire department. And so that's going to flow down to all the services. Clearly, it's at the academies, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and even down to the unit level, you know, one of the disheartening things for me as an Army officer is, and I know the other services are similar, but but these these young men and women, these these company commanders, you know, that bottom level uh, where you have a commander, they're they're being forced to focus so much on diversity and inclusion type issues that it really takes away from warfighting competencies. And, and clearly, you only have so much time in a day, only so many days in a week, et cetera. And um, sadly, I can tell you without any doubt that these young company commanders across the entire army can tell you a lot more about their check marks in satisfying training requirements in diversity and mm -hmm. inclusion than they can in their warfighting competencies. And that's that's just a fact. And do you think that's on purpose? I mean, I do, but what, what do you think? I, I think this is done for a reason. I mean, well, you know, uh, what gets what gets the attention of the top brass? What gets the attention coming down from from DC and the secretaries? Uh, clearly, is what's going to get measured. And if you have members of Congress saying, "Hey, I need to know this now. We have a problem. We need we need reports and assessments on this now." Well, the military just salutes and and does that stuff. Mm -hmm. So. That's where the pressure is. That's where the attention is. So that's what's getting measured, which means that's what they're spending time on. Do you think that comes from the the congressional committees? Some or is it, it coming from the White House or both? Some of it does. It's both, but it comes from the Secretary of Defense, too. And, of course, there's other pressures that he's working with. And when he says things like yeah. the military does not teach CRT, technically he's probably right. There's no course called CRT at one of the military academies. Right. But we know for a fact that CRT is being taught. Um, General Bishop can yeah. tell you about the Air Force Academy. Um, but the concepts are being instilled in other mm -hmm. other ways. Yeah, Tyler, General Bishop, when I was at the zoo, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and no, I was just going to jump on. certainly agree with what Chris is saying. But again, I'd like to, to throw a bone your way. I think last year when we spoke about this, you said, oh, it's, it's intentional. And I wasn't quite there yet. I didn't believe mm -hmm. that uh, this was happening. I just believed that the folks uh, hadn't been educated on this ideology. But I know from my first experience with some of the leaders at the Air Force Academy, it's not unwittingly happening anymore. It's, yeah. it's intentional. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, an email that tells us that the superintendent just wants to push diversity, equity, inclusion into every nook and cranny of the academy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and when you add to that, I mean, look at the 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 guidance coming from above. Uh, look at the actions happening in our government. Uh, President Biden takes office, and lo and behold, just a couple of weeks later, all the boards of visitors 
for all the academies, even though they're grounded in congressional statute, are suspended. Well, okay, really? When you and we're told, oh, don't worry, it's just going to be a look. It'll be a couple of couple of months look, and about four or five months later, what happens? All the former president's appointees, all sixteen or eighteen of them, uh, are asked to to either resign or be terminated. So yeah. it's it's very definitely a concerted effort. I don't think the public knows, General Bishop. Uh, you know, when we, you know, I'm sure it was more intense when you were there, but when I was there in the early '80s, I mean, what we talked about was fly, fight, and win, kill MIGs, you know, victory over the enemy, uh, you know, attention to detail, um, training. Those uh, we we I went back to my 30th reunion at 30 of uh, you know five six years ago. None of that existed anymore. So the academies have lost what they're trying to teach. They're no longer teaching to be warriors who can endure perseverance and win a war. They're teaching something else. So how do we get that back in your opinion? Uh, let's say we, we can remove the Biden administration um, and we get a new administration in in a few years. How do we get that back? Do we bring in drill instructors from Lowry Air Force Base again and, and start over? What, what do we do? Well, I, I think and, and we think that one of the steps uh, along the way has to be eliminating funding for diversity inclusion throughout the, it's probably the federal government, but, but certainly the military. Mm -hmm. I mean, where else would we least likely want to have uh, this type of uh, poisonous ideology being injected than K through 12, young impressionable minds of our kids or a military who's being taught that, well, your country that you're putting your life on the line for isn't uh, as great as you thought it was. Mm -hmm. I, I like to say, what is more inspiring? Uh, be all you can be, uh, commitment to excellence, uh, integrity first, one team, one fight, or diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> that's told us they heard diversity, equity, inclusion all summer long. <laughs> it was to the point of they felt like they were being indoctrinated. And, yeah. and I ask, why, why all this emphasis on diversity? The admissions office has already matriculated the class. I mean, you're going to through basic cadet training with the class that admissions brought in. So why yeah. is all this emphasis on diversity? It's a subliminal, a divisive message to many. Admiral Bond, I remember thinking when there was those naval uh, ship rammings a few years ago, I remember thinking, well, possibly that's because they weren't getting the kind of training they needed and were getting other kinds of training. I mean, is that a problem in the Navy? Well, it's just like uh, I learned, we all learned, you know, a long time ago in our, in our own respective service, you don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect. And so if the focus is on a particular way of training or a particular way of uh, exer exercising um, uh, certain skills, then what you don't focus on is going to go the wayside. And I think the Navy got a little beyond um, some of the just basic blocking and tackling that uh, has made, you know, a seagoing force very effective and just at, at the base level. So I think um, in this particular case, it's the same potential where, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, if we can perhaps get into, you know, what are you supposed to produce at a service academy? What comes out of a service academy? It's supposed to be that kind of thinking, that kind of individual who's Who's uh, who understands their oath of office, their 
um, that they're ready to support and defend uh, the Constitution mm -hmm. against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and um, different than the enlisted oath, mm -hmm. um, where you have the added uh, clause and obey the president and the, uh, the orders of the officers, or officers appointed over me. That's not in the office or the officer oath. It requires a different level of focus of, um, I think, uh, critical thinking, value for understanding you know, what's really going on. And I think at this point where all of this is, um, General Bishop saying all of this uh, sort of a mantra is finding its way into the fighting force, um, it, this is the time for officers at all levels to think, okay, what is this doing to my war fighting readiness? And I think readiness is the key. Warfighting readiness has a few foundational uh, uh, axioms. You know, as far back as Sun Tzu, uh, clearly mm -hmm. it's the idea that teams work uh, mm -hmm. cohesively and with trust and that they understand and have and share conceptual unity of what we're doing. Uh, and then we're able to operate with unity of action. And the worst thing you can do to a fighting force that needs to be agile and effective in those those factors is to drive in resentment because right. of some some mantra that says there's so-called aggrieved parties that we need to overcome that by doing uh, by implementing programs that that divide that actually drive resentment and reduce trust in small units and big units and uh, that's just no recipe for. Uh, the effectiveness that the United States has enjoyed because we've 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 really majored on the majors and minored on the minors. General Petty, the Army's uh, historically been a collection of very small units that operate very effectively. I mean, how do you uh, how how you know at West Point? I know that they're not teaching that you know. For instance, they cut the uh, summer training in half. Um, how do we get back to? West Point that teaches soldiers instead of social justice. Well, it's actually it's actually not that hard to do if you have the will mm -hmm. to do it. Um, mm -hmm. We have to we have to emphasize war fighting competencies and leadership skills in in combat and difficult environments, and that's what the academy's done for you know over a couple hundred years. And and uh, you know to see. To see it happening now is just really sad. And and let me double back to something that General Bishop said, because, mm -hmm. you know, he said something which I know a lot of people will think is very controversial. How do you drive diversity, equity, inclusion out of an entire arm of the government? Because it's become such a, uh, you know, mom and apple pie for a generation or two of Americans, this diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion concept. And so I, I think it's important to note that the military has done a very good job of creating well-established and functioning systems like equal opportunity mm -hmm. every unit i'm sure the other services every unit down to the company level has equal opportunity representation and that that functions very well if there's any example or alleged discrimination uh incident that is well investigated it's researched findings are presented the guilty parties are punished I mean, that, that functions very well, and it's all the way down to small the smallest unit. So you already have these things doing what they were designed to do in the military, including, you know, the other one that finds its way all the way down to the, the smallest tactical level is sexual assault, sexual harassment, mm -hmm. uh, sharp, the SHARP program. 
again, if there's a if there's a sexual incident or you know male against female type discrimination or harassment behavior, that is jumped on, investigated, solved, punished as appropriately. So these systems are already there and they're functioning quite well. Um, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be something that makes the news story of, of some idiot somewhere doing something stupid and, and the military right. pounces on it. And so to overlay, you know, kind of back to General Bishop's point, to overlay this new structure called diversity, equity, inclusion, and push that down through the all the echelons of the military. Now that gets down to the company level. So it's clearly overlapping with the EO structure and the EO assistant that's at the company commander's you know, disposal. But my biggest fear is that now becomes an independent program. And, and because, you know, commanders run the EO program and the SHARP program, they have advisors at their level. But now you throw this DEI program in there. Is a, is a white commander going to be allowed to run a diversity, equity, inclusion program at the company level? I doubt it. I really doubt it, just the way the thinking yeah. So I'm scared how that's going to evolve and matriculate across the force. And it brings up this great example that uh, that that we found at the Air Force Academy with the uh, the new diversity, equity, inclusion chain of command, cadet chain of command being implemented across the Air Force Academy. You know, this is just the harbinger of others to come. It's and almost like a, a politi political political. Uh, you know, what do they call them? Commissars. Exactly. The Soviet Union. Yeah, exactly. And the biggest the biggest chilling effect for me, thinking about that young company commander, or in this case, cadet <clears throat> squadron commander, mm -hmm. is now you're you're doing required training as as you're supposed to do with your cadet squadron. And now you have this political officer with a special mm -hmm. identifying uh, accoutrement on his uniform, a purple soldier uh, shoulder sash or braid. And he's your political officer now sitting in the yeah. corner. So if anybody speaks in a perceived way that isn't inclusive, et cetera, et cetera, that company commander could be on the hot seat. So do you think that's going to have a chilling effect at the lowest level? Of course it is. And, and to Chris's point, Todd, I mean, we can, we can show you emails from cadets that say, you know, this is a bunch of junk. And mm -hmm. uh, when we pressed it forward to the academy leadership, uh, the commandant came back and said, oh, don't worry about it. This, uh, you know, this isn't a, a bunch of cadets running amok. They take their guidance from the, the uh, superintendent's diversity, inclusion, and equity office. Oh, that gives us a lot of confidence. <laughs> we, we've, yeah. we've seen what, what's happened there. But uh, to go back to your question on how do we do this, um, how do we get out of this, you know, that's that's really why we formed STARS, I think. And our mission mm -hmm. is to hopefully first uh, bring these military leaders to understand that the path they're taking, uh, the men and women they lead down is the wrong path for our country. And then beyond that, try to educate the rest of America. Um, you know, we, we don't want to go down this road as a country. Uh, look at the history. And if the history uh, boggles your mind and you can't make the connection from CRT back through CLT, back to critical theory, back to Marxism, then just look at it as both Hank and Chris have said uh, very well uh, the loss of focus on military fundamentals. I'm a big believer that we have to hold these officers accountable who are pushing this stuff. Do you agree with that, General Bishop? And, and if so, how would you do that? <clears throat> well, um, I would say that at least as far as the Air Force Academy goes, 
we've been doing that and doing it to the best of our ability. <clears throat> I think uh, if you look at some of the questions that ha have been asked to uh, General Milley and Secretary Austin mm -hmm. and realize that a lot of those questions and a lot of the, the uh, nug work behind the scenes has been done, been done by STARS, I'd say we've been mm -hmm. doing it. Um, can we take it to okay. a higher level? Um, we'd, we'd like to. We'd like to be more forceful, I think, wouldn't you say, Chris? I mean, <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and we're already, as General Bishop says, we're, we're already working with them with, under the assumption that they're allies in this fight and they're facing pressures that we don't necessarily fully understand because we're not mm -hmm. in those positions today. So, I, I mean, I personally emailed each superintendent once a month with our newsletter as an ally sharing information and why this is damaging. So we're actually creating that connective tissue. I hope it, I hope it has a, uh, an effect. I, uh, you know, we were all chosen at one point to go to the academies. How do we get more service academies grads to step up? I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that we were chosen once and we're chosen again here. And if, if not us to lead this country back to what it should be as a republic, you know, who is? So, Admiral Bond, how do you think we get more grads involved? Well, I think forums like this are very important and conversations like this help to um, articulate uh, ways of saying things and ways of talking about perhaps uncomfortable topics where you don't want to look like you're not supporting your service or your military. But I think the best way uh, for grads that are now in civilian, you know, back in the uh, civilian service, as they look back at their service academy, um, if they can encourage their classmates who might be in leadership to um, remember uh, um, how it was that they were uh, educated and how they uh, best served in their those in, the individual op, in a, a contribution when they were junior officers through various levels of leadership um, that they would we would be encouraging them and I think um, I think uh, uh, General Petty's right it, we don't know the pressures that those sitting leaders are in we can see it from the outside and we're again we're colored a lot from the media. But I think we want to encourage as best we can uh, and, and to hold up the value of actually critical thinking. Actually, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I would say things like um, we have some great examples, of, although this comes out of great suffering. But if you look at what uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote in his um, Live Not By Lies uh, essay back in 1974, right before he got exiled to the West, he just he he recognized the frailty of, uh, and the weakness of people that are in these positions to, to basically push back. It, it is a, takes a moral courage to do that. But he offered some very helpful things about just not knowingly repeating a lie that you know is not true um, and or in the best of your ability to support what works and is good and, and yet uh, do not um, uh, knowingly uh, perpetrate something that is really hurtful to the to the country, in his case, uh, for us, it's to uh, military readiness, war fighting effectiveness, the things that make us a great service. I think we need to encourage our classmates, uh, those leaders that are serving, that are there, just as uh, as uh, General Petty is in terms of writing um, notes of encouragement to, to, to tell them we're behind them, we're supporting them. Yeah, and I can I jump in on that too? I mean, it's not difficult. Yeah, go ahead. 
it's not he admiral bond said critical thinking absolutely essential skill throughout the military right and and so it's not difficult to make a very simple logical argument to our leadership and keep in mind our goal is to keep the military apolitical we're not trying to put any agenda we're trying to keep it apolitical so so here's the simple argument and i teed this up in my first email to the superintendents is you know why are you allowing this stuff to happen i'm putting all the stuff in the basket yeah of social justice theories derivative crt anti-racism etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean they're all they're all fruit from the same poisonous tree and and number one none of it is sound social science this these are these are merely activist assertions that's all they are and even the authors have to admit that so why would you teach something that's not so sound social science why would you promote something that the end goal of all of this stuff this whole basket of stuff realize the end goal of all of it and this is not a secret is to promote a new type of discrimination based on skin mm -hmm. color that's that's the goal so mm -hmm. why would you promote programs that are that are contrary to the U.S. Constitution and and Title Ten, Title Five of the U.S. Code. These things are illegal. What these things advocate are illegal. So why would you promote that stuff? Yeah. And lastly, lastly, what Admiral Bond was saying earlier, clearly destroys unity, trust, cohesion, which is essential to war fighting. I mean, that's a very simple, logical argument for why on earth would you teach this stuff? Why would you let it in? In my two cents. Well, I think. <laughs> Real quick, I think the Academy soups are in a real position that if one or two of all of them stood up and said, this is wrong, we're not going to do it anymore. If they fire me, fine. That would make a huge statement. I mean, this is usually this is a soup position as the end of a, a career, right? I mean, it's a career ending assignment typically. So um, they have a lot of power that they could use. General Bishop, go ahead. Yeah, Todd, just going back to your question, my tips on it, you know, how, how do we get other Academy grads involved? I mean, all Academy grads, I believe, think America's worth defending, or we wouldn't mm -hmm. have gone to the Academy and we wouldn't have spent whatever time it was that we spent in the, in the service. So emphasizing that point and also highlighting, because a lot of folks don't understand uh, the divisive nature of uh, this problem uh, that our country is facing. So that's part of the education mission that STARS is uh, really trying to strap on specifically going to uh, other grads, uh, just three initiatives that we've worked hard in over the last month <clears throat> is trying to get groups that support our academy that are made up of primarily academy grads to understand this. Now, I've been working with the Air Force Academy Falcon Foundation since you were in grade school, Todd. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it hurt me uh, about three weeks ago to resign. And the reason I resigned is because I was refused to be allowed to give a briefing on this uh, poisonous radical change that is happening at our academy. Uh, mm -hmm. While I know for sure they were gonna get an update on the chapel renovation project. Right. Uh, I was refused the ability to communicate with my 200 fellow trustees. When three different lawyers told me as a trustee, I have a fiduciary responsibility to uh, explain and share knowledge that they probably don't have. So I've tendered my letter of resignation, and that's gotten a lot of publicity. One of the groups that picked up on it was Flag Officers for America. Mm -hmm. So now the 300-plus Flag Officers for America, many of whom are graduates, have a copy of, uh, 
of why I resigned from the Falcon Foundation. So if we can work with groups, and one thing you suggested to me a year ago, work with the other academies. Mm -hmm. You, I think you know of the Calvert Group. You've had uh, Tom Burbage on mm -hmm. uh, at the Naval Academy. I mean, they're doing great stuff there. And, you know, the, the three West Point cadets that were uh, on Hannity last week uh, made a splash. It's so much more powerful when the message comes from the source and not through an intermediary like one of us. Sure. And uh, I've used, I think, I hope, uh, that video to uh, begin to get uh, with Chris's help, because he's the guy that uh, turned us on to this West Point 62 fireball. Uh, you know, I think we're, we'll have a, a group forming at West Point as well. And a, num a number of things that they have going and they have ideas. We have a weekly Zoom with them. So good things are happening, I think. It's, it's going to be a long haul, though, as both mm -hmm. Chris and Hank pointed out. This is deeply embedded. Yeah. So it's... Uh, and, and it has a long history. I mean, we tie the history back to August 2011 when mm -hmm. President Obama issued his executive order putting diversity and inclusion officers into uh, all the facets of the federal government. Well, now it's really deeply embedded, as we saw with this uh, shadow structure at the Air Force Academy. Admiral Bond, is there, before we close, is there anything else you want to say to the audience from a <laughs> Navy perspective? Um, I, I think I'm uh, just very blessed to have served in the Navy, and I, I'm uh, I'm always excited to talk to young uh, midshipmen and young naval officers about the opportunities they have going ahead, and that uh, there is a sense of um, of a disturbed uh, junior officer corps uh, that I talk to, and uh, from time to time, more, actually a lot, a lot, and and they are wondering about things a lot of them have their head down they're they're flying air you know missions and aircraft they're they're on submarines and surface ships but on the sides of their conversations are these you know what are we doing here what's going on um the the one thing that uh, uh i hear often is when when the adversary uh lands on the shores and invades san francisco our defense will uh include nothing that um but what really matters this um diversity equity inclusion will just melt away and we will find our um we'll find our spine and we'll move forward so i'm confident of that but in the meantime we can really lose ground and we yeah. can find ourselves running aground as we were doing in the in the navy about five six years ago before we took a better focus on it so i that's those are my uh, thoughts general petty uh I know you're involved in external activities with STARS. What can we look for going forward and what are your last words? Well, uh, look forward to more engagement with the Department of Defense for sure. And of course, you know, part of our educational mission will be members of Congress. And uh, we will try to educate members of Congress on the, uh, the nefarious effects of these policies and these initiatives. And so you're gonna see more of that as the months uh, continue. My closing thoughts are, are very simple. Um, speaking as the army guy in the in the trifecta here, you know the army succeeds at the squad, platoon, mm -hmm. company. Maybe you could stretch it and say battalion level. Mm -hmm. And the least interesting thing at that level is this color of your skin or your gender yep. preferences. I mean, the only thing I care about is a commander of a battalion in a fight 
which I have been, is how, what do you bring to this team? And are you doing everything you can for this team? That's it. And, well and if we, if we get away from that and we start dividing and creating oppressors and oppressed and unearned guilt, it, it, it destroys trust and cohesion and something else people don't think about. And I've run this by some junior officers and they really nod their heads quickly. You know, if I have a black commander, which, which I've had very competent, capable, great Americans, I don't want any soldier in the formation to have a doubt that that officer got there because of his right. skill and qualifications in a meritocracy. And yes. you start eroding that. And now soldiers think, well, he or she was a diversity hire. They're not really a great commander. Boy, that is that is that is a cancer. And that's a that's a byproduct of this too. make no mistake. So we got to be really careful across the board. Todd, if I can uh, close it out from my perspective, I, I know you have a lot of veterans in, in your audience. Uh, you know, this being Veterans Day week, uh, we've, we've kind of considered it Veterans Day month. And we'd like to offer your, your uh, listeners and viewers to uh, just come and visit us at stars.us. And now on the front page, you'll see a button where you can uh, click on it for you both. Now, why are we asking you to do that? Well, because I bet in all the times that you took, your vets took the oath uh, while they were on active duty, they probably didn't stop and think about the words, all enemies, foreign and domestic. Mm -hmm. I know I took that oath 10 times and it, it just, that word domestic, I just never thought about what that meant. Well, the domestic enemy, ladies and gentlemen, is this poisonous ideology and it's, uh, it's uh, making us sick. So people ask, how do you do this? Why do we dedicate and devote so much time? I say we're in it for the 20-year-olds. And it, it's not yeah. the 20-year-olds that may be our kids or our grandkids. It's the 20-year-olds that never made it to 30 and yeah. are buried on the beaches above Normandy or the beaches across the Pacific or the hills of Korea or the jungles of Vietnam, ironically fighting against this same type of tyrannical government, be it fascist, Nazism, uh, communism, that's infecting us from within. So that would be our ask, something that everybody can do, doesn't cost a dime, just takes a little time. Just renew your oath. And you can find the website at stars.us. That's S-T-A-R-R-S, two R's dot U-S. Well, thank you, uh, gentlemen. I really appreciate this, and we'd like to do it on a more often basis because I think your, your inputs are fantastic. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Doc.